Well, it's good to see each of you here tonight. And uh, trust you've come to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And uh, pray for them, some people up north of here. <laughs> Weather getting a little stout for them. But uh, we're here to worship. We're here to let the Lord have his way in our hearts and lives. Um, I want to remind you of our announcements before we get started. Um, I have to remember what day I'm on. Uh, this Saturday, 8.30 at the Fellowship Hall, men's breakfast. Uh, so forget that. Is that right? <laughs> I hope I didn't mess it up. Uh, the ladies, I think, had a, that uh, came for heart to heart. I think they were blessed. My wife came home. Just, uh, <laughs> uh, she kept me up from going to bed to help tell me about it. But no, it's good. It's, and that lady, Miss Carrie, has a very great testimony from what I've heard. And so the, the keeping power of God, the, the healing power of God is so great and so wonderful in hearts and lives. So we just uh, thank for her for, for being willing to do that. A lot of people, that's not always the easiest thing to do is stand up or speak in front of people, but we thank you for that. Um, just by way of, of this, I'll, I'll repeat it, and hopefully maybe some of those that are watching tonight will he hear it too as well from the church. We need volunteers for Kids Church for this coming Sunday. Uh, if you haven't seen somebody or told somebody, please let them know. Uh, and we also for May the 7th and May the 14th. Oh, the 7th is covered. So, May, okay, so April this coming Sunday and then May the 14th. So, please. Huh? 14th is Mother's Day. So, they, we, 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 need, we, need to, we need to pull together and, and, and have this work. So, please remember that. Ask the Lord what he'd have you to do uh, as well. Uh, prime timers the 29th uh, of this month at 12 o'clock and we're going to go to the Romans right across the right across over there <laughs> I remember this face is north so that way is west <laughs> yes and we do have a sign-up sheet um, so if you just all we need to sign up sheet for is if you're planning on coming that way faith can call them Early, earlier Saturday morning and say we're coming and this is how many we expect to be there. Uh, trust me, they appreciate if we know, they know ahead of time they've got a, a, a decent crowd coming. So uh, that, remember that if you will. All right, let's just go to the Lord in prayer and we'll just ask him to guide and direct us and just then we'll get in and ask you to stand and pray with us and then as remain standing, my sister Julie and brother Dennis lead us in worship. Father God, as we come to you tonight, Thank you, Lord God, for you are for who you are, because that you are the Almighty God, that there is no one like you. There is no one that is able to do what you can do. For you alone are God. And Lord, you rule and you reign over all that you have created. And Lord God, we just are counted a blessing, we count it a privilege to serve you and to be your children, and to know, Lord God, that you are our God, you are our Father as well. 
Father God, I ask you, Lord, just to minister tonight in this time together. I pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit will continue to move, Lord, in our hearts and lives tonight and guide and direct us in all that we do and that we leave here from this place strengthened and encouraged for the task before us that we may reach others with the life, the love, and the power of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.
we're just going to praise. We're just going to take a little bit of time to just quiet the noise. Father, we just want you to move, God. We just want you to move in this sanctuary, Father. Father, we're called here to praise your name. We're called here to magnify who you are, God, and to glorify the greatness of yourself, God. Father, we just want to move because you move, God. We want to move with you, Father, as you move. But we don't want to move until you move, God. We don't want to get in the way, God. Sweet Spirit, just fill this place with your presence.
together in praise. Father God, you are so wonderful. All of the words described in that song, Lord, are not enough to describe how wonderful you are. But Jesus, you are beautiful because you are our beautiful Savior. Without you, Jesus, none of what we do, none of who we are as, as a church or as Christians individually, possible without you. Thank you, Lord God, that you are a brilliant creator. Nothing is greater than you, Lord God. You are our God. You are our fortress. The psalmist said, you are my high tower. You are my hiding place. When the world gets too difficult and life gets too stressful, we run to you, Father God. Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Once again, thank you, Sister Julie and Brother Dennis. We appreciate it. While we're in this attitude of, of just worshiping the Lord, it would be a good time to go to Him in prayer with the needs that we have. 
Um, I don't know if anybody has heard how Brother Gerald is doing, Brother McAllister, Brother Ron. Okay. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, you just, you kind of would like to have answers. I mean, no disrespect for hospital people and doctors and stuff, but, you know, if you're going to get checked into the hospital, tell me why I'm here, <laughs> you know. And sometimes, you know, they don't. I mean, sometimes it just takes some doing. I, I've worked around that and, and, and been around enough people that were involved in that. Sometimes pinpointing what's wrong takes some doing. It takes a bunch of tests. But you know what? God already, know. God already knows what's wrong. He already knows how to fix it. He already knows what, what it's going to take. So we're just going to believe God that whatever caused him to be in there, that God's going to heal it, and he's going to be able to come back home, and everything's going to be fine. So we'll remember Brother Gerald uh, McAllister in our prayers this evening. Anyone else? Uh, probably Donna uh, Phelps. Her name slips me. Yes, Miss Sherry. Okay, let's remember Brenda. All right, we can do that. Remember Brenda Norton in our prayers, having a very difficult time with acid reflux, and that's and hurting in the left side. Hurting is never fun. <laughs> Sister Carol. Oh, that's great. She's able to stand up now. So working on that. Thank the Lord. I mean, sometimes it's slow, but but steady progress. But we thank the Lord. All, we will take all the progress we can get. Yes, she does. And the Lord, well, we're just going to believe the Lord is going to make that entirely and absolutely possible for her. Anyone else tonight? But not rather Ron. All right. All right, we'll do that. Two more interviews. Pray God will just—he'll just put his stamp of approval on the one he wants, Brother Don. Yeah, name is Member Travis, Brother Don's friend. Anyone else? All right. All right, let's just join together. I want to ask you to stand tonight. But let's just join together and then take these knees to the Lord and the remainder of this service as well tonight. Father God, we come to you because you are, as we sang in that song, you are the brilliant creator. Lord God, when we look at all that you have done, when we look at all that you have created and all that you have put in place, Lord God, nothing is impossible with you. Your word declares that. Your, your word says nothing is impossible to those that believe. And Father, we just thank you tonight for that promise, Lord God, that we have from you, Lord, that nothing is impossible. Lord God, circumstances may look, and they may be out of control as far as mankind is concerned. They may be out of control as far as, as their abilities and their understanding. But Lord, nothing is beyond you. You are the Lord God Almighty. 
You are our God, and you are our healing God. You are our loving God. You are our delivering God. Lord, there is so much that when we need it in our life that you are for us, and we thank you for that, Lord, in advance. Father, we pray for these needs that have been mentioned here tonight. Lord, we just pray that you touch Brother McAllister, Lord, tonight and minister to him. Uh, God, help the doctors to figure out uh, why he wound up there in the first place. But, Lord, uh, it doesn't matter whether we know or not, but you already know, and we're asking you, Lord, to heal him. Lord, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, may the healing power of Jesus Christ flow and touch him, Lord, and minister to him in every way, spirit, soul, and body. Lord, as well as Sister Donna Phelps, Lord, we thank you for the, for the steps of progress that she's making, Lord God. And just ask you to continue to guide and direct her. Lord, you know her heart, Lord, and that she wants to be in your house. And Father God, you are more than able to make that possible by touching her spirit, soul, and body and ministering to her. And Lord, helping that progress that she's making continue to grow and develop and get better and better day by day by day, Father. And just by your healing touch and Lord, by her, her willingness to work and do what she can. Father, and we just thank you, Lord, for that. We pray for Brother Don's friend, Travis, today. Lord God, we ask you to minister healing to him. Lord God, help the doctors to get the, the fluid off of his, from around his heart and get everything taken care of in his life, Lord God, so that he will be healed, be able to return home back to his family and his, and his friends, Father God, and that you will show yourself mighty, and Lord, that you will receive the glory from all of this in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would uh, uh, just touch uh, and minister, Lord, with the uh, interviews that will be happening tomorrow, Lord, in, in our search for a pastor. Lord God, you just have your way. And Lord, as always, Lord, it is our desire. We want your choice, Father God. We want the one that you want here. We want the one that you have, have called to be here, Lord, that you've anointed to be here. Lord, for this day and this hour that we live in. And Father God, we just believe in, in you and trusting you, Lord God, that you are going to bring this to pass. And Lord God, and we thank you in advance for it, Lord God, that you're for what you're going to do, for who you're going to put in this pulpit, Father God, to lead and guide and direct this church, Lord, to grow and develop and touch the, this community and our area with the life and the love and the power of Jesus Christ. Lord God, minister to all, everyone, and Lord, that has needs here tonight, Lord, maybe they not have mentioned them, but Lord, touch and heal, deliver, uh, just he and, and uh, make the way where there seems to be no way. But Father God, do it all for your honor and your glory and your praise, Lord God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. In your Bibles this evening, we want to look for a few minutes uh, at the fourth chapter of the book of Joshua. Joshua was the, most of you know, but maybe our, those that listen to this don't realize this, but uh, after Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egypt up to the promised land. Uh, before they went over into the promised land, God called Moses up to take him home to be with him, and uh, uh, Joshua was put in charge. Joshua is a man of faith. Joshua is a man of courage uh, who is willing to, in spite of what things look like, 
the, the story, the Bible tells us the story that Moses sent out spies to uh, look out this new promised land that they were going to, to see, that they were going to go across the, this river Jordan and, and begin to inhabit it. They wanted to kind of check things out. Let's see what we, what's, uh, what, what's ahead of us. Well, the, the, long, the Razor Digest condensed version of this is there was 10 of them that come back and it was, oh, gloom, despair, and agony on me, and there's giants in the land, and oh, it's, it's just terrible. And, and that, there were two. One was named Joshua, the other was named Caleb, and they said, oh, this place is terrific. I mean, it's everything we need, everything we want, everything that we're going to require to, to settle in. and get. It's all right there. All we got to do is go in and take it. God's on our side. Let's go. I, I really sense in, when I read that scripture, I really sense that that was Joshua and Caleb's attitude. It was like, sick them, boy. Just tell us, go sick them. Let's go. <laughs> you know, and there's holy, you know. How many times do we as Christians allow the negative report to influence our thinking how many times do we allow the the bad things and the bad news to sit there and say oh well you just might as well give up you know it's a hard christian life it's like eh, eh, excuse me hush okay because the thing about it is god is who he says he is Joshua and Caleb had not, Joshua and Caleb were, they, they saw the giants, don't misunderstand. They saw that, but they realized that if God had said, I'm going to give it to you, it was theirs for the taking. It's kind of, I really didn't intend it this way, but this really kind of goes along with what Brother Gary preached Sunday night. Holding on to the promises. Whatever God has promised, God will do. Whatever God has said, He will take care of. It may not be in my timeline, but guess what? God's timeline is none of my business. In all reality, my, my, what is my job? My job is to have faith in Him. My job is to try, or my responsibility, not job, but my responsibility is to have faith in Him and to trust Him that He knows when the right time is. doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. If we know what God has said in His Word and we stand on that and stand on that and say, God, this is what Your Word says. I'm hanging on to this till I see it. If I have to hang, you know, as the old expression, if I hang on till the cows come home, I'm hanging on. Yeah. You know? Because God is who He said He was. And Joshua and Caleb, I, I, I just like those men. They, are, they were very good successors to Moses. Uh, you know, and the Bible says if you got you understand something, most of us and hopefully a lot of people that maybe watch this or are watching it tonight, you realize that Joshua and Caleb were eighty years old when all of this took place. They were they were on up there in years. They're not quite as old as they you know they they would get. But the thing about it was, and Joshua makes a statement. He says, I'm, I, I'm, I'm at this age, but he said, my eyesight's still sharp as it can be, and I'm still as strong as I ever was. Yeah. In essence, that's what he says. He says, let's go get them. And, and Paul kind of picks up that in a way when he says, I know my weaknesses, but it's okay. Because when I'm weak, where my weaknesses are, then God is strong. 
then God comes across. I do what I can do. Like David, I throw the sling, you know, but God kills the giant. Yes, David did, David did everything he knew to do. But I still believe with all of my heart, God put the extra oomph on that and, and the aim on that stone. And Joshua and Goliath was dead when he hit the ground. And then David saws his head off with his own sword. I mean, how, how ig, uh, there's a word for it, how embarrassing, you know, for the Philistine. Here is this big mouth, loud mouth giant. Cursing the enemies of, of, of uh, cursing the armies of Israel. And David goes out to him and said, look, you talk about all your big talk all you want to. God's fixing to put you in my hands, buddy boy, and it's going to be over. And he did. So when we think about that, people of faith, people of courage, people of conviction. And so now in, in the fourth chapter, Joshua is, God has said, it's now time. An entire, unfortunately, an entire generation of people have passed in fact two of them if you want I don't maybe three because the Bible says that God when they didn't believe the report God says you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 more years and everyone under over the age of 20 will die in this wilderness in the next 40 years why because they would not believe God they didn't have to spend 40 more years in the wilderness. If they'd have just been smart and kept their mouth shut. You know? But they didn't. Oh, you brought us out here to kill us. You, you know, oh, yeah, oh, we're, we're, oh, those giants, they're going to just slaughter us and eat us for breakfast. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm just making some of this stuff up. You understand, my imagination pretty well. But, you know, you, they get that mentality. But they didn't. But Joshua still took that new generation across Jordan River at flood time. Isn't it interesting how God puts us at crossings when they are the worst possible time there is? One of the reasons I think God does that so we won't take credit for crossing the river by ourselves. And the other one is to show off how mighty and strong he is. Just like he did. He didn't, he, he did, in a sense, he split the Jordan River. But what the Bible says is that the waters piled up upstream and stopped. And then, but it also says they walked across on dry ground. The priest with the ark went first, and when they hit the water, the water stops. And dry ground appears, and they walk across on dry ground. We are at the other side of Jordan in chapter 4. Verse 1. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them... Take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. 12 stones in all 
one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. And these stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, tonight for the memorials, for the things that we have to remind us of what you have done in our lives in time past. Thank you, Father God, that we can look not only to what we're going through now, what we're enduring now, but, Father, we can look back over our lives. And, Lord, hopefully somewhere in our lives we have placed memorials to remind us of what you have done and that you are always and will always be a faithful God to your people. Thank you, Father God, for this uh, time tonight. Help us, Lord, to be uh, encouraged. Help us, Lord, to be motivated to reach out to the world around us, Lord, and, and let them know that God is a good God and that Jesus is Savior and Lord of those that will allow him to be so in their hearts and lives. And, Father, for all this, we again give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Had a title, I'd call it Trophies. Trophies. How many of you have got, is there anybody in here who's got trophies at your house? Brother Don does. I figured he would. What do those trophies represent, Brother Don? Yeah. He has a, a, a I'm not going to call it an antique car because it's about my age and I'm not antique yet. <laughs> but it's a classic. There we go. It's not an antique. It's a classic. And it is a classic. Trust me, we've seen that red and white Buick of his. But he takes it to car shows. And like he said, now he's very honest about this. All of the time and all of the money and all of the effort that it's taken to get that car to look like it did when it almost like it did when it rolled off the showroom floor. It takes all of that. But then when you go to these shows and you have you, you everybody votes on it, that's the best looking car there. He gets a trophy for that. What does it do? It reminds him of the times that he did. It is a sense of accomplishment for something that has happened. Trophies. Plaques on a wall. Uh, awards. And sometimes it's things as insignificant as you might think. It might be as insignificant as a scar. We talk about and we do our best to hide scars. The scars indicate somewhere, physical scars indicate somewhere we boo-booed. Usually, I mean, that's where mine come from. You know, I messed up. I, I zigged when I should have zagged. I was walking backwards instead of walking frontwards. My wife will get that one real quick. <laughs> you know, I, I used to tell my kids, my girls, when they were little, I'd tell, they want to walk backwards all the time. 
And, you know, and it's like, listen, you need to turn around and go look where you're going, not where you've been. Would have been nice if I'd have taken my own advice. I would not have hurt some things. But we have scars. We have physical scars. There, it may be from a surgery. It may be from a fall or an accident or something like that. But we have those scars. But you ever stop and think about that that scar says one thing to everybody around you? I was in a bad place, but I came out of it. I got a scar, but I came out of it. I came out of it. It's fine. The Apostle Paul writes in, in his writing to one of the churches. Uh, he writes in to the people of Galatians in chapter 6, verse 17. He said he's talking about the trouble he's given him because he does not was not the proponent of uh, circumcision. He preached Christ. Paul would say, I, you know, when I came to you, my speech and my preaching to another church, he said, was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He preached Christ. The, he, he was a Jew. I'm sure he was circumcised. But the point about it was they made that the, the, the crux of you've got to have that done to be a Christian. You know, you've got to have that done to serve Jesus. And Paul fought them tooth and toenail over that. He, no, you don't. We live by faith. God had that for a time, but it's no longer necessary. It was part of the covenant to remind us of the covenant. But the thing about it was it wasn't necessary for our salvation. Quit getting hung up on traditions. Well, we always have done it this way. Well, how do you know that this way is probably, not the, is probably the wrong way? How many times do we get we understand things? Brother Gary told us something here a couple of weeks ago that kind of astounded me, but he said, door-to-door -door evangelism does not work anymore. Why? Who's got a cell phone? You see people, what are they doing? What's the deal we say about how, how many times how many times have you nearly hit somebody because they're on their cell phone? Like, hey, slick. There's a parking lot out here. There's cars running around out here. You need to get your nose out of the phone and watch, you know. But when we stop and think about that, we want to try to do that. But yet, it doesn't. It is proven that it doesn't work. What, what is it? What it, does it mean? What it means that we go to God, and we find out what does work. God tell us what will work. If that's not going to work, if that's not going to apply, then tell us what will. Help us to know, help us to see, help us to understand what it will take to win people to the Lord. Now, I'm not a real social person. I am not, this, it just, it's very difficult for me to go up to somebody I don't know and say hi. You know, I, I'm a little better at it, but it, I, it's, it's just not something. But in all reality, it's those relationships, I think, that help us to reach those people. There's a lot of people that Don will see at car shows. They get to talking with cars. I, I can't remember. Brother Clint said this last night. He said, you know, he said, guys, you give them something with wheels on it, and they're going to figure out a way to race it. <laughs> you know, or figure out a way to make it look pretty and go, this is my car, you know. 
don't 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 do that's my you keep your hand you know how I, i've gone to those car shows and then they said yes this is a pretty car but keep your hands off of it <laughs> that body oil off of your hands does not do wax and, and paint jobs are good it's not good for them you know how do i know i mean how many times i remember driving 55 chevrolet and you know had to crank out vent window but the roll down and you had the 460 air conditioning all four windows down, going 60 miles an hour down the road, that's it. But I noticed I, I loved to ride with my arm on that, on that windowsill. It wore that paint down to the metal. It got rid of that paint, just body oil, you see. But you stop and think about what interests us will help us influence us. Now, some people are like my wife. I believe with all my heart she never has ever met a stranger you know she just she just goes mom she just barrels right in there so here she is but I, there's nothing wrong with that I'm, I'm working on getting maybe a little bit more like that but that's it's a work in progress okay but Paul says about this when he talks in this verse he talks about he said they were giving him all kinds of problems so he says in verse 17 of chapter 6 of Galatians from henceforth let no man trouble me for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. He was stoned. You know. He, life was not always easy. I'm sure he was beaten. How many times was he beaten? We know of one, the, the Philippian jailer. But I'm sure that wasn't the only time. Bit by a snake. Lovely. That would be, hmm. That, uh, you know, I, it's you got to be something else because well, I see one and I'm just not real keen on the idea. Either I'll give him a wide berth or, or he's going to die. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just the way that is. You know, but all of the things that Paul suffered physically, but yet what he says, he says, oh, look, I've got these marks. These are my trophies. They are battles. They are situations and circumstances that I went through. Let me stop and dwell on this one a minute. How many times do people want to get saved? Oh, I get saved, everything's going to be wonderful. I won't have any more problems. And, you know, it's just smooth sailing from here on out. Wake up, slick. It ain't that way. I heard it said this way one time by a preacher. When you sign up and agree to sign on with Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life, you have put yourself on the front lines of the battlefield. And you won't be able to sneak away from it because the devil knows who you are and he's out to get you and take you out if he can, but he can't. Somebody said, when you become a Christian, there's a big bullseye on you for the devil. Because he does not like to lose those he holds in captivity that he intends to kill, steal, and destroy. It's a battlefield. It's a war. It's a spiritual war. It's not fought with guns. It's not fought with fists. It's not fought with swords or anything like that. It's not fought with man-made weapons. But it's fought in faith. It is fought with the Word of God. It is fought with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. So that it could be scars. 
It could be something that, that somebody says. It could be something that somebody has given you because uh, of what they did. But the trophies are there. Why are they there? Look back at what he said here. In verse 6 of chapter 4 of Joshua. Now, evidently, he, when I think of stones, I'm thinking, okay, there's one I can pick up upon my hand, but evidently they weren't. He said, uh, one you put on your shoulder. So we're talking mm-hmm, biggins, big stones, boulders, yes. Well, I'm sure they was, because you sure, and guess what? Sister Carol, I wonder about this. This thought crosses my mind. That was probably the time that the river Jordan was at flood stage, so the boulders would be more likely to be there than they would any other time of year, maybe. Hadn't thought about that. It's just something to think about. But they were to carry those boulders. But the point in verse 6 is we will use these stones to build a memorial, a trophy, a reminder and then he says, in the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? What is the best thing that you and I can leave our family? It is a legacy of faith and trust in God. You can leave them all the money you want to. They'll probably fight over it. I have a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, that he also is a funeral director. He says, there is nothing like the death of a family member to bring out the worst in people. <laughs> and I'm sure they see a lot of it. But what is the best thing you and I will ever leave? Our family, it's our faith and our trust in God. I like what Paul told Timothy. Timothy, he said, I know your grandmother, Lois. And your mother Eunice. I know the faith that was in her, in your grandmother. I know the faith that was in your mother. And I am persuaded in you also. What is the legacy? The legacy uh, is when their children, when their grandchildren come and see those stones. What is that big pile of stones there for? Well, son, just sit down and let me tell you what happened. And they go back and they repeat the things that God has done for them. They repeat how God brought them from Egypt with all kinds of, uh, of valuables. A multitude, they think somewhere around 3 million people is what I've heard, I think, if I'm not mistaken. That's a bunch of people take across the wilderness desert. But God did it. God's fed them. God gave them water. God gave, gave them a, 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 a guide marker, if you will, a pillar of cloud uh, by day and a pillar of fire by night. When it moved, they moved. When it stood still, they stood still. He guided them. He directed them. No wonder he got so upset at them before this takes place in this chapter of Joshua. How much had God did, done? How much had God done for them? I'll get it right here. In how much had he done and provided for them for? And then when they get to the promised land, when they get to the Jordan River, they say, wait a minute, we can't go in there. There's giants. 
God was a little upset. He said, okay, you're not going to believe me? Watch this. Wasn't didn't give me pleasure, but the thing about it was, if you're not going to believe him, why call yourself one of his kids? If you're not going to trust him, why call yourself one of his children? This is a memorial. This is a trophy. This is what I remember. Write it down in the book if you have to. A guy asked me a question one time. And then I know why he was asking it, but it, it doesn't matter. But he said, have you ever seen a real miracle in your life? And I, I didn't stop thinking about him. Yeah, I am one, but I didn't, I didn't do that one. But I had seen a lady in a church I went to growing up as a child. She had broke her arm. Um, I wish I could remember that. I can see her face. I can see, I can see her arm. She broke her arm, and it was in a cast. But we were in service one Sunday night, and all and and the Lord began to move, and all of a sudden I was sitting right behind her. I, if I could remember her name, I'll, I'll, I'll remember it when I go home tonight probably, but that's fine. But the story, the, 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 the fact, the, the point I'm trying to make here is all of a sudden she started slinging, even that cast, she started slinging that arm in just every which way you could think of. God had touched and healed that thing. And it was like, boy, she was happy with that. She knew it. And so she was telling her hand, I may not be able to move you much, but I'm going to move as much as you can. And I believe at that moment in time, God touched her and healed her. Believe that with all of my heart. Does he still do miracles today? If you and I are a child of God, yes, he does. But he still does miracles. He still is in the miracle business. And so what is the point of a trophy? What is the point of a, a, a memorial? What's the point of a diary or a, a, a journal? Because then we can go back and look. Why do you think God gave us it up without dropping it what do you think God gave us this trophy for uh, to collect dust on the coffee table no this is God's record of his faithfulness to those that will believe him and will have faith in him and will trust him regardless of what the circumstances are. I haven't seen Jesus, but I am absolutely convinced he is alive and well and sits at the right hand of the Father and ever lives to make intercession for his people. He lived, he died, he rose again from the dead. I was telling my wife, uh, my mother got a couple of letters from ladies in Davis. I guess they had just gone through, found, you know, addresses and stuff. But they were, and I can't remember which church it was, but it was, we're going to celebrate the death of Jesus. And the first thing that came across my mind was, I'm not ready to celebrate his death. I want to celebrate his resurrection. 
Because the resurrection buys it all. The resurrection pays for it all. The resurrection seals the deal for time and eternity. Yes, he died, and I'm glad he did. But the resurrection is my victory. The cross is my trophy. Because it's empty. No offense to those that do this, but I don't want to ever wear a cross. If I wear a cross, I don't want to ever have him a depiction of him's body on it. He's not on that cross. It's done for because he rose from the dead. Don't you know, church, that the devil hates seeing the cross? Just the sight of it. <laughs> Probably ter- irritates him to know him because he knows, church, the cross. Well, that's right there. Thank you, Rick. I don't know if he put the head that up there or not, but the cross is our trophy. The cross is the trophy over Satan because Jesus said, okay, you want to try something? There's the cross. There's the empty tomb. You were defeated once and for all. A memorial, a trophy, a reminder. This is the God I serve. This is a God who loves me and cares for me, who probably, and I I feel like I can say this without any contradiction whatsoever, he does things that I don't even know about that he does and takes care of me. I'm sure he does. He's that kind of a God. Well, you're nothing special. You're right. I'm not, but I am to him. I'm the apple of his eye. His word tells me I am. I am a child of God because his word tells me I am. As many as are Christ are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, Paul says. I'm an heir according to the promise. I am an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am special because he made me special. As far as this world is concerned, I, they probably couldn't care less whether they knew who I am or not. But as long as God Almighty knows my name, that's all that matters. Because the thing about it is, you, I can't keep you out of heaven and you can't keep me out of heaven. But in all reality, I want you to go to heaven with me. That's the whole point. I want you to, the memorials will be there until that time. I don't know what it's going to be like in heaven, but one thing about it, there will be one trophy there, and his name is Jesus. The scars will still be there. That's the one, the only things, the only person that will have scars in heaven will be Jesus because that's the trophy. That's where he is the marks of where he gave his life. We set a memorial. Set a memorial. What do these stones mean? They are when God showed up. They are when God delivered. I I have a weird imagination, guys. Okay. This thought crossed my mind. Did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego keep the clothes that didn't burn? It would be a good trophy and a reminder. 
they could have. I don't, you know, that's what I'm saying. Because we, what is, we need things to remind us. Sometimes you all have heard that song preacher. I've heard that message preached many times. I, I could quote it myself. Well, why do you think you're, you're being reminded? You're being reminded. Sister Carol, I think, if I'm not mistaken, one of the best ways to teach children something is repetition. Over and over and over and over and over again. What are your trophies? I don't know what your trophies are. I can go back and look and see things and remember things. Those are the things that God brought me through. He's my God. I'm his child. They're trophies. Hold on to them. They represent something special. Brother Don made a statement a while ago when he talked about the trophies he gets. He said it's a lot of money, a lot of hard work, you know, and, and going places, a lot of places. But what that represents is efforts on our part. God expects us to do what we can do. Goliath would have never fallen if David hadn't walked out on that field with his sling and those five stones. Goliath would have never died. Well, he would have eventually, but... <laughs> You know, but what you know what I'm saying? In other words, that was Goliath's day to die. David was the young man to do it. David had the sling, he had the stones, but he had he put his effort into it, and what he lacked, God more than made up for. The same thing goes for you and I, church. We may think like, oh, I'm just oh poor woe is me. I just not much I can do. Oh, oh. hush. If God can take five loaves of bread and two fishes for some boy's lunch and feed 5,000 men, not counting women and children, then God can take what you've got and use it for his honor and his glory. There are no excuses. God doesn't accept excuses. But he does accept availability and willingness. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. Lord, the things that we see, the things that you have brought us through. Help us, Lord, to realize that they're reminders of your goodness and your faithfulness every day. Lord, if nothing else, we have the trophy of your word that tells us this is what I have done. This is what I will do. Lord God, and thank you for your word. Thank you for the promises of your word. Thank you, Father God, that everything that we have need of, we find it in you. And Lord, for those tonight that may be watching this or may watch this later on in time, I pray, Father, they'll realize that you're faithful. Help them to understand, Lord God, that when we make Jesus Savior and Lord of our life, we get all of the everything we need necessary to live this life for you. 
you give us your word to guide and direct us, to, to renew our minds by and to change our minds by because when we see things in your word that, that, uh, that disagree with the life that we're living or some of the decisions we're making, then we can say, Lord, I'm sorry, that, I, that you show me that's wrong. I'm going to start doing it your way. Father, I pray, Lord, that they that will understand that, Father God, you care about them. You want them to be able to set up memorials or trophies or, or, or journals or something in their own life of here's what God has done for me. And I pray, Father God, for everyone that is listening to this or will, I pray, Lord God, that they will realize that this is why Jesus came. When we talk about the cross being our trophy, it's because Jesus came and lived on this earth as a sinless human being. And he, he was very man, he was very God, but he lived a sinless life. He was crucified on a cross on Mount Calvary. Golgotha the hill is called. He died, he gave up his life. Nobody took it. He gave it up. He said he would. He said nobody could take his life from him, but he would give it up. He gave up his life, was in a borrowed tomb for three days. His body was. But on that third day, he came out from the dead. He rose from the dead, and he ever lives and is seated at God's right hand. All so that men, women, boys, and girls know Jesus as Savior and Lord of their life and then get introduced to God as Father Holy Spirit as teacher and comforter and guide and director in their lives and all that heaven has all that God has in his power is now available to that new child of God I pray Father God that they whoever may hear this Lord that they will realize they can have trophies of where God has brought them through Lord, just like you did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you brought them through. They got thrown in the fire, but the thing about it was when it was all said and done, they called them back out. They, their clothes weren't burnt. Their hair wasn't singed. didn't seem to smell like smoke. And you had brought them through the fire. Help us to realize, God. Help people that are wanting to make you Savior Lord of life realize that it's not a, a, a get-out-of-trouble pass. Trouble will come. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. There will be difficult times. Life will happen, but there in the midst of life happening, even unpleasant life at times, you're God. And Jesus, your Savior and Lord of our life, if we've made you and asked you to come into our heart and life, I pray, Father God, they will. All you have to do is simply say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you came to die for me. I need you into my life. I want you into my life. God, I need you. Because your word says, God, if we draw nigh to you, you will draw nigh to us. If we'll make that first step, you will come the rest of the way. And Father, I believe that. I pray they will pray that prayer. And then if they pray that prayer, Father, when they pray that prayer, Lord God, that they'll get a hold of a Christian that they know loves you and serves you and tell them, I gave my heart to Jesus. And that person hopefully will help them and guide them and direct them in their walk with you.
and help them, Lord, to realize and understand this Christian way of life is a progressive way of life. We grow a little here, a little there, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. We will grow, but we will grow. Thank you for that, Father. Pray, Father, for this church. I pray, Father God, uh, for our deacon board and, and the, the interviews tomorrow. Lord, your divine will only be done, Father. I pray, Father, for every family represented here tonight. Go with them because your word has already said you never leave us nor forsake us. If we belong to Jesus, if he's Savior and Lord of our life, then you are our Father, and you never leave us and you never forsake us. And I thank you, Lord, for that. Help us to go in from this place tonight with that understanding in mind. And let we reach out to the world around us in our own way as we are as, as, we are as individuals. Reach others with the life and the love and the power of Jesus. And we can tell them, here's what Jesus, here's what God has done for me. And he will do the same for you because he is no respecter of persons. Thank you, Father God. Guide and direct us in all that we do, Lord, that we honor you and bring you praise, bring you honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Remember, drag out your trophies, dust them off, remind yourself. Amen. See you Sunday morning. <laughs>